All right, welcome back to the podcast, everybody. Today, my guest is Garrett. Actually, I'm Bruce. First of all, thank you so much for tuning into the podcast. Welcome. Appreciate you. Today, my guest is Garrett from Vincenzo's Pizza of Levittown, and we're going to talk about how to go from being an employee to owning your own shop, starting small in a town that you grew up in, how to become part of the community, and how to do marketing through the community. Garrett does a good job of going to the local schools, supporting local events, sports teams, and really embedding himself in the community in which he works, grew up in, and lives. And it's shown great success for him in his pizzeria. And we also talk about Slice. You know, I mean, people always talk about Slice. Is it good? Is it bad? He's using it. He seems to be getting good results. We talk a little bit about that. Not a sponsored post for Slice. I'm not telling you to use them. Just saying that he does. If you have some questions about that, maybe you'll get them answered on this podcast. And what they do and how they help him. I think this is a great episode. If you didn't check out the last episode I did, go check it out. We talked about text messaging marketing with Shane from Boostly. Uh, we revamped our website. Should be done this week. If you're listening to this podcast when it comes out, I'm crossing my fin- fingers, hoping it will be done. Organize it a little bit better so you can go over there and search for podcasts or blog posts or the people we recommend. Or if you want to check out some of our courses or tutorials, all over there, smartpizzamarketing.com. Find everything that we talk about here. Uh, sponsorship opportunities. If you're a business and you're listening to this or a company and you want to reach pizza operators, the spot to go is smartpizzamarketing.com. Thank you so much. Let's get into today's interview with Garrett. Today's podcast is brought to you by Mike's Hot Honey. Now, I've had Mike on the podcast before, and this is a great story. Started off just riding his bike around, selling honey, making it at his house, and it's grown into this great family-run company that has a great product. They have a lot of products that I've tried. The two that I've tried is the regular hot honey and then the really spicy hot honey. I was at a pizza conference a couple months ago and I tried this with some cheese on a cracker and it was really good. And I'm, I have to say, I was blown away by the taste of it. And it's been all over Instagram. You can see that there's creative ways to use this in your pizzeria. And it doesn't have to be just for pizzas. It could be on salads. It could be in cocktails. It could be on meats. Uh, a great company. Want a sample? Go to mikeshothoney.com forward slash sample. They'll send you a pack. You can try it out. I've gotten samples from Mike myself. I've handed them out to friends and neighbors, and they all rave about it. They all ask me, where'd you get that honey? And they have it at grocery stores too near me, so you can even get it at the grocery store. But if you want to try some out, if you haven't tried it before, I suggest you go to mikeshothoney.com forward slash sample. They'll send you a sample. You can try it out for yourself and come up with some creative recipes. And go to mikeshothoney.com. A lot of recipes and ideas over there. Today's podcast is brought to you by the Fiero Group. FieroGroup.com. If you're looking for dough mixers, dough dividers, rounders, and then this awesome Opera Prima dough stretcher that I saw them use at the Pizza Tomorrow Summit in Orlando, and I was blown away by it because I always thought that there was never going to be a product or something like this, a robot that could hand stretch pizza. But the way that this did it was unbelievable. So if you want to check that out, if you need something like that, go to FieroGroup.com. But if you're also in the market for an oven, a dough mixer. They have all kinds of ovens for everybody. If you're looking to get one for your house or you're looking to get one for a commercial kitchen, or if you're looking to do wood fired Roman style pizza, all of that. They also have some classes that they're doing and they have these great teachers, pizzaiolas that come in, teach you how to run a specific style of pizzeria and restaurant. Uh, and it's just a great company. Again, another family run company that I did a podcast with. You can go listen to that one, but Thank you, FieroGroup.com, for helping me do this show for you. Uh, 
because all the sponsors that support this podcast are really the reason that the show continues to go because it's helpful and I appreciate them. You want to check them out? FierroGroup.com is the place to go. All right, welcome back to the podcast, everybody. Garrett, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for hanging out with me today. Yeah, thanks for having me on. It's really an honor and uh, it's a pleasure to talk to you. So tell everybody what you're up to. Where are you located? Tell us a little bit about your business, how you got onto the pizza biz. I'd love to hear that stuff. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, we're uh, Vincenzo's Pizzeria of Levittown. Uh, we're located um, in Levittown, New York. Um, we are a small one-store um, mom and pop, for lack of a better word. I guess it's more, uh, I guess, um, husband and wife, because it's me and my, my wife that run the operations. Um, and uh, we've been operating for five years. Um, I was born and raised in Levittown, actually, and I uh, was lucky enough to be able to uh, open up a business, my first pizzeria in the town that I was born and raised in. Uh, so that's pretty uh, cool. Nice. How did you learn how to make pizza? Uh, so my pizza journey started, I was, uh, I was 17. I just got my license. A buddy of mine um, was already working at a local pizzeria that we had already, you know, like we were friendly with the, the owner and we, we already we knew him. Uh, he was a really nice guy. So uh, when my buddy started driving, he got a life, he, um, he got a job there. He got me a job, and pretty much I just sat there and watched him make pizza endlessly. Um, I didn't really have the courage or the nerve to ask him to show me. Um, he was kind of open, maybe not too open. Um, I never really had seen him showing anybody else how to make pizza. It was always just him making pies back there. Anytime, whenever we showed, whenever we were there, it was just him. So it didn't really seem like he was maybe too open to it. Um, funny thing is years down the road, cause we, st I'm still in touch with him. Um, he was like, I didn't even know you were interested in making pizza. And I told him like, I was always interested in making it. I just didn't have the, uh, the courage to ask you. It just didn't seem like it was something you were willing to share. And he's like, I would have taught you to hundred percent. And I'm like, Oh, I could have, I could have figured this out a long time ago. Uh, right. so it was a lot of, um, I guess just watching and learning for the first um, I, I, was, I worked for him for like five years and that whole time, I, you know, whenever I wasn't making deliveries or doing my other side, you know, whatever needed to be done, I would just sit there and watch every movement, um, you know, how much sauce, how much cheese, how many times he turned the, the ladle, um, you know, how many times he pressed it out, the movements, and I just basically embedded it into my head. Um, and uh, I finally got the opportunity, um, a, a buddy of mine bought another local pizzeria um, and he was looking for some people to come in and he actually was the one who showed me how to actually do the you know the motions and put them into action as opposed to just watching them and, and letting them swirl around in my head uh, so that was to, to, to the longest possible answer um, that was <laughs> uh, that was uh, 15 years ago Oh, wow. So when did you open? You said you've been opening, you've been operating your pizzeria for five years now? Yes. So um, in that 15 years, um, you know, probably like leading up to pretty much now, um, it was like 15, 16 years ago. So I, um, I went to school. I got a degree in psychology. I was working uh, more in the psychology field. I was working as a case manager. Um, I really didn't like the way that was going. So I went back into the, more into the pizza field and I started uh, – really just indulging myself into the pizza industry um, about seven or eight years ago. Um, nice. and, I, and I, um, you know, I just started working at other pizzerias and, you know, learning new ideas and how things are done, uh, trying to, you know, figure out portion control and all those other things that go along with it. Um, and then actually the individual who took me under his wing uh, when I first started 
was looking for a pizzeria. He, he had gotten out of the, the pizza game. He'd sold the pizzeria. And um, he came to me and he was like, would you want to open up this pizzeria that's uh, for sale in Levittown? And I was like, yeah, let's, let's go for it. You know, like, it's right in our backyard. We were both born and raised in Levittown. Um, so it just seemed like a perfect opportunity for us to set up shop and, and um, be a part of something that we already knew and uh, grew up with. And so that's where you're at now? Yeah, and that's where we're at now. Um, so through a, a series of, um, of events, um, uh, uh, my partnership soured uh, with my, my original partner and also with another partner. Um, so running a business with a partner is, is a pretty difficult task. Um, so, yeah, so I wound up um, buying out my partner with my fiance, and now it's just the two of us. Uh, so How long have you been doing that? How long, when did you buy him out or her out? Uh, we bought him out, uh, three years ago. Okay. So for the last three, so right during the COVID time. Yeah. So pretty much right, right around Corona, um, we were sort of orchestrating the buyout and, um, you know, things kind of went south. Um, and at first I didn't know if I could run it by myself and that's kind of why I wanted a partner because, you know, there's a lot of stuff that has to be done. Um, on a daily basis, running the business, whether it's operational or behind the scenes um, with the bookkeeping and all that other stuff. Um, so I, I wanted to have a partner. Um, so I, that's why I was open to having a partner. Um, but it was lucky enough that over the years, my fiance was working with us and she kind of picked up a lot of the stuff. And now I, I was able to pass along everything from, because when we first opened up, the plan was I was going to run the back of the house, the kitchen and all that stuff. And my partner would run the front of the house. Um, and so then I basically taught my fiance the back of the house and then I moved up to the front of the house. So she just seamlessly transitioned into doing the stuff in the back of the house. Nice. So how's it been going since then, since you guys have kind of taken over and now it's just you two, um, you're the only person that you have to answer to now. Yeah. Uh, so it's, it's cool. Um, you know, it's, it's stressful. Um, you know, every decision you make, you know, lies on your, on you and you and you solely. Uh, so it's, right. it's good and it's bad. Um, you know, cause it's good because you don't really have to worry about what somebody says and vetoing what you might want to do in the direction, but it's bad because you don't have somebody really fully to bounce ideas off of. Like I do bounce yeah. a lot of ideas off of my fiance, but we're kind of doing things, you know, we're kind of locking step with a lot of the things. So we kind of right. see things similar. Um, so having a different out, like a full true outside perspective, you know, makes some of the decision making a little bit easier. What, what kind of business do you guys have? Is it like, is it carry out delivery? Is it sit down? What is it? Uh, so we're a small, uh, small store. We have uh, four table, four tabletops with um, only eight chairs. So we have two per two per table. Um, it's mainly carry out a lot of delivery and carry out. Um, we're close to the schools. So we do have yeah. a lot of the, the school, uh, school kids coming in after school. Now that it's summer, we're packed out with kids pretty much uh, all day. Um, so we do have a lot of them sitting and hanging out and eating and stuff, but it's mainly, uh, carry out, um, you know, delivery and stuff like that. And what kind of pizza is it? So it's true New York style pizza. Um, a lot of people come in and they say, oh, you know, this is what I used to get when I was in Queens. Um, you know, that's like a lot of people are like Queens and Brooklyn is like the home of like the best pizza in New York. Um, there's so much good pizza all over the world. Uh, to simply say that New York has the best pizza is kind of closed-minded. Um, right. Uh, so, but we just kind of try and make a, 
a flat thin crust. Um, you know, the sauce goes from from the middle all the way to the edges. Cheese goes all the way to the edges, all the way to the crust. Um, you know, we try and make sure that every bite is as good as the first one. Uh, so we, you know, instead of just a little dab of Parmesan and oregano right directly in the middle, we spread the Parmesan and the oregano on top of the, um, top of the sauce, a uh, nice layer on, on, around the whole pie. Um, and so it's, we try and be a true New York style, but um, I'm, I'm obsessed with the square pan pizzas, like what uh, yeah. like Emmy Square is doing and stuff like that. And like those pizzerias, so I try and do a lot of pan pizzas. Um, we, we started doing a lot of like barbecue chicken on the pan pizza, doing um, you know, just to, I don't know. I'm just obsessed with that Brooklyn, uh, that uh, sorry Detroit style pan deep dish, uh, you know Chicago type style. I love that. It's um, it looks nice. It, it's I haven't tasted them unfortunately, but they look so nice and they just I don't know. So I've been trying to emulate those. Uh, but we try and stay true to the um, traditional uh, New York style. Um, you know, uh, yeah. we put pineapple on pizza. People say that's not um, <laughs> that's not a thing, but we have it because we eat it here. We love pineapple, um, so we'll have it in the store to eat. And then if somebody asks for it, we already have it. And if we don't have it, we don't. You know, like we don't actively have it on the menu. But if somebody asks for it, we're not opposed to putting it on pizza because yeah. you know people have their own style, their own taste. And if you want to, if you want to eat pineapple on the pizza i'm not going to tell you to go to somewhere else i'll put it on your pizza so <laughs> let me let me uh, so when you so you're uh, you know a small pizzeria do you do delivery yes uh we do uh we work um a lot with slice um there are, are a huge partner of ours we've been working with them since we opened um so they have a lot of um a lot of uh, a lot of customers directed to us that and they do a lot of uh, mainly they're a lot of delivery Okay. Um, and then we do have a good amount of delivery. Corona was during the coronavirus. It was um, mainly delivery, uh, a lot of mainly contact-free deliveries. Um, very few people came to the store, and uh, but now people are starting to come out more. And you know, on a Friday night, we'll have a good amount of people in the store picking up, and we'll have a good amount of deliveries running out. Um, so it's it's really depending. But we do definitely have a lot, a good amount of deliveries. And do you guys do your own deliveries, or is it? Do you have like a third party that, like, you use to run the deliveries? No, we have strictly in-house, no third-party delivery apps. Um, when we we signed up with uh, DoorDash and Uber and Grubhub and everything, we didn't really have as much luck with them as we do with Slice. Yeah. Sorry, I'm shaking you. Um, so, okay. but even with them, we kind of just told them, you know, I, I want to keep everything in house. I'd rather my drivers take the, take everything. Um, it, it's just, it's just more of a personal feel. Um, you know, the person that's getting the food can expect who's going there, not based off a of picture, just based off of the person has been going there for the last, you know, three years or whatever. Um, and I, I just more of a personal feel. Uh, and I don't really, not that they're going to do a bad job, but I would just rather have every all the responsibility on somebody that I employ. Yeah. I mean, if you can get away with it and you can do it and you, I think you're better off doing your own delivery drivers. If you can, you know, a lot of people say that they can't find drivers or people that want to deliver, but if you can get away with it and you can find people that want to deliver for you specifically, I think you're better off. You know, it's a lot of you, like you said, you have a little bit more control when it comes to from start to finish the process of them taking the food, how they handle it when they're on the road, the, how they interact with the customer and then like the feedback from the customer after you have control over that exactly. person just kind of handing it to a third party and being like, all right, we'll see you. And that person never comes back again. Yes. And that's, that's exactly it. Um, 
for us, the personal connection with the customer uh, is extremely important. Um, like I said, you know, being in New York, the, the industry is flooded uh, with pizzerias in pretty much any, um, you know, any strip mall that you, that you drive past. You know, there's either a Chinese food place, a pizzeria, and a deli in every one yeah. of them pretty much. You know? And that's just the nature of the beast being in New York um, and on Long Island. Um, so we put uh, customer service um, at our top priority. Um, obviously, the product has to be, uh, you know, the best product that we can possibly put out. Um, but I believe that um, the be- a good customer service will win over a customer quicker than um, po- possibly amazing food with bad customer service. Um, sure. So, so we try and strive for the best pizza that we can put out, the best product that we put out, as whether it's from the kitchen or from you know from the oven and the pizza. Um, but on top of that, we want to have a connection with the customer. Uh, we want it to be, you know, like not just thank you for your pizza, uh, thank you for your money. Uh, you know, hopefully we see you again. You know, it's we want to see you again. We want you to come back because you're welcome in the store because you're enjoying the pizza, but you're also enjoying the interaction with the person behind the counter. Nice. So you mentioned Slice a couple times on here. In uh, I, I went to your website and I see that it's powered by Slice. How long have you been with Slice? And, and there's been some people who have asked me about Slice. And I think Slice gets a reputation of being similar to the third-party sites uh, when people who don't know what they actually do lump them into that. So give us a little, like, what do you do with Slice? How does Slice help you? Okay, so um, we actually started working with Slice Pretty much immediately when we when we opened up, um, we had seen uh, seen it like five years ago or three years ago when you guys no over. Uh, five years ago when we first when we first opened we immediately yeah. wanted to partner with Slice. Uh, we saw them working with a couple of other pizzerias in the area. We've seen uh, we saw a couple of advertisements for it popping up on Instagram and stuff. Um, you know they they advertise as, as you know the the place for local pizza. Um, right. And what I would say with the difference in between, say, like Uber Eats and Grubhub and, and, and those other things, you're strictly there as a pizzeria and people are going there because they are looking solely for pizza. It's not somebody who's just like, well, what do I want to eat today? And then they scroll through their app and it's like, well, this sounds good. Maybe I'll go with this or this sounds good. And, you know, you're passed over because you're lumped in with, you know, whether it's um, McDonald's or, you know, some sort of burger place or you're lumped in with uh, tacos and some, something along those lines. Um, so you're kind of just there amongst a, p- a bunch of people kind of on a shelf, so to speak. Um, like if you go to the grocery store and you're looking for an item, you kind of just like, oh, you know, you peruse and you pick the item that's there in your direct light of sign, even if you right. want something else, or maybe it's just the cheapest or whatever, but that's kind of how it goes. Uh, Slice, you go on Slice and you're strictly looking for pizzerias. Um, they... They do it where it's very much merit-oriented, so it's not based off of how much you pay them per month, which a lot of these third parties like to do. The more you pay, the higher you are on their listing, the more traffic you get based off that, so to speak. Um, Slice, it's if you're doing a good job, you're above the person that's not doing such a good job. If you have a good amount of people coming in, then they keep boosting you more. Um, They have a lot of incentives if you're... um, you know, like just based off of stuff like that. So, you know, you, you get that direct one-on-one attention for your target audience. Because um, at the end of the day, 
you're targeting people who want to eat pizza, not people right. that just want to eat. Everybody wants to eat, but it's you want to get the people that want to eat pizza, and specifically more your pizza. And um, I, from us personally, um, and I'm not, I'm not a, a slice representative, or I'm not being paid for for any advertisements or promotions to say any of this. But for what works with my business um, and has been working for my business, I recommend slice for pizzerias 100 percent yeah they're they're very much heavy in new york and new jersey area too like the east coast i'd say like they're very concentrated with pizzerias that know them in the the northeastern part of yeah. the u.s i mean they're slowly kind of expanding outward and that's the goal but east coast west coast is where the majority of their customers are i, I, I know i know alert we've had him on the podcast before i've talked to him many times this is not an endorsement by me on slice either so they're not an <laughs> advertiser not a sponsor just kind of saw it on your website and kind of wanted to give people a yeah. little peek behind the curtain of how you use them. Yeah, and I think um, um, I'm sorry to cut you off. Just to, to no, rant off of what you were saying, as far as them being um, highly active in the in this region, I think it's it's uh, by design because of the the heavily dense population yeah. of pizzerias. Um, it kind of helps people weed out when you kind of go further. I think more like towards the northwest and, and like the uh, you know out west and stuff. I, you don't really see more like smaller mom and pop pizzerias as like you see more of like a franchise that has, you know, like 10 units and they're kind of like scattered around the state or whatever it is. Um, so they might not benefit as much from a slice app because they're just not as it's not densely populated with. Yeah. Uh, with that kind of with the market. I mean, and they got nice websites. I mean, they like when you're a pizza shop and you're a, a solo owner. You know, I know you and your fiance own together, but I, what I mean by the solo owner is you don't have multiple locations. It's hard to build a website. Like websites yeah. are easy to build, right? They're easy to build, but they're hard to build a nice, sophisticated looking website with actual photos that loads fast, yeah. is easy for you to input information, but also easy for the customer to navigate and yeah. do what you want them to do. And a lot of mom and pops don't do that. They just they, they yeah. don't have good websites. Like, to be frank, a lot of the websites are sucky and they're horrible looking and really hard to navigate or they're old. And then how do you get a customer who's tech savvy, right? Like, I know everybody is not tech savvy, yeah. and there's, but the older generation of folks are moving out of the market. And these, these younger people who are the people who order from DoorDash and like you said, just go there and say, I want food tonight. What's going to pop up? They want to go to Instagram. They want to go to Facebook. They want to go to your website and be able to not talk to somebody and order online and make it really easy to do. So I think that's something that if you're not willing to put in the time and effort to make your own website, you have to find somebody that you can partner with to do it for you so that way it's done properly, which it seems like that's what you've decided to do. Yes, and that was another another selling point for uh, working with Slice because um, they come in and they integrate your whole entire system um, being that we worked with them for so long, we kind of gotten a couple of the perks that I can't promise other people, other restaurants might be able to take advantage of. <clears throat> but, um, you know, we've uh, been fortunate enough to have a, a very good relationship with them um, over the years. So they've come in and given us a POS system that's fully integrated with our website. It's fully integrated with their tablet. Um, we can go in and make changes on whatever we have in stock not in stock, so it'll be taken um, taken out of the uh, out of rotation and not be able to get ordered. Um, they they take care of uh, we can take care of inventory on it. Um, it's it's a fully integrated system, 
um, that we were able to take advantage of as one of their offers to, to us being such a, uh, such a long-time partner with them. Uh, but the website was really huge because, like you said, uh, putting the website together isn't that difficult. Maintaining a website and, yeah. and keeping it up to date and staying on top of everything that needs to get done, whether it's uh, item changes or price changes or any of those things, hours, whatever it might be, just getting your message out to the people, it's not easy, especially when you're operating a, a business you know, 12 hours a day. Uh, right. So, you know, to try and keep up with certain things, to be able to have somebody that you can rely on and know that they're looking out for your best interest and they want you to succeed because it helps them succeed and it's a partnership, having that is, is a very big uh, tool to be able to have in, in, my, uh, in, my, in my toolkit for sure. Um, it's important. It's, um, I don't know how, honestly, I'm not really sure if we'd be able to operate as efficient without being having everything integrated into our system the way they were. Yeah, I mean, listen, it'll be it will be a lot more challenging. That's for sure, and time consuming. You'd be spending a lot more time on tech than you would on pizza. Yeah. What do you What do you think the percentage of customers you have is online ordering versus you know phone calls or walk ins? Um, so during the during Corona, it, it spiked the online orders, yeah. um, and it's kind of uh, shifted back towards. Uh, I would say we do on a Friday night, but it's because it's all varies, but I would say it's, um, yeah. probably 30%. We get to get like 30% of our business from them. Really? Yeah. Well, is that people searching on slice or is that someone searching for you specifically and they go to your website? So the cool thing about slice is it will tell you, um, Hey, this is a new customer. You know, they're, they're new to your store or they'll tell you this is a loyal customer. Um, and so you can keep track of who's, who's coming through, uh, when they came through. Um, and we do see a lot of new customers. Um, and to be honest, I'm not 100% sure how that's driven. Um, I don't know if it's an algorithm or if it's people. We do get some analytics. Um, again, full transparency. I don't really 100% have the chance to break every single piece of those analytics down to fully. <laughs> yeah, do no, it. that's fine. I mean, listen, you're, that's <laughs> why, you know, we're busy pizza folks as much as we want to, as much as we say, yeah, you know, as me who used to operate a pizzeria, I see marketers and people who want to sell stuff to the restaurant industry. And they're like, you got to know this and this and this and this. And listen, there's no pizza operator who is like, you know what? I don't give a shit about analytics. I don't care about new customers. They're like, I do care about it. Just sometimes don't have enough time in the day yeah. to sit down after working all day and and really dive into my online ordering percentages. And I know I should, but yeah. sometimes it doesn't always work out that way. Exactly, you know, and and that's one hundred percent right. You know, but um, but they do send us all those things, and we can tell who's a new customer. And um, to be honest, we do see a lot of new customers. You know, we do see yeah. a lot of new people that come in. Um, we don't really. Uh, we have you know we have. Um, signs up that say we are, we're a part of Slice and we have some flyers out and people take them. So some of it's driven from that, but a lot of it is driven just from them marketing us behind the scenes, stuff that, you know, people get maybe through like an Instagram ad or something, you know, like something along those lines, um, you know, whatever it is that they're setting up yeah. um, that they're what, kind enough to help us out with. What else do you do to get customers like on your own? Like what's your, what's your marketing strategy when it comes to like, all right, this is what we do forget what they do, but like, this is what our strategy is. Like, what do you guys use in order to like get awareness to people who live around your area that could be potential customers? Yeah. So, um, we're 
uh, very community community oriented. Um, so yeah. we we go and try and do a lot of grassroots things with um, the schools, uh, with whether it's uh, you know the baseball teams or uh, anything in the community. Uh, we try not to say no to if somebody's asking to help out with something. You know whether it's giving them a, a, a gift certificate for a free pie or a twenty five dollar gift card that they raffle off or something. Um, so we try and get a lot of into the community and do stuff. Let me ask you a question first. How, how often, cause I remember how often I was asked, how often are you asked to donate or for solicitations to things like that? Is it like every day? Um, it's yeah, there are times where it's on a daily basis. Um, you know, uh, it, it very frequently, it's very yeah. fre- frequent that we have, um, and my mom, uh, growing up, I used to watch my mom try and raise money for different things that we were trying to do. And I saw how frustrated she would get when she would walk into a, into a, a pizzeria. And she under, she always understood. It's not like she'd be like, oh, I can't believe this guy's not giving us any money. They have to have money. It was never anything like that. But it was always like, you know, you're a part of the community. You should be, you know, you should be helping the community. You should be. And so it's kind of like, where do you say no and who do you say no to? But yeah. if somebody comes in, it doesn't really, at the end of the day, it doesn't cost me that, that much to just say, here's a, a, a gift certificate for a free pie for you to raffle on. And, you know, if yeah. somebody uses it and then they come in and they enjoy the pie and then we get a customer out of it, awesome. If somebody comes in and they don't really enjoy the pie, but they still came in and it, it was still good public relations. Um, so, unfor- uh, you know, for good or for bad, we don't really say no to people when they come in and ask for stuff. We usually ask for something that proves what you're trying to do is accurate. You're not just coming yeah. in and saying, Hey, I want a gift certificate because you know, you don't have, you know, you don't want, you know, you don't want to buy a pizza tomorrow. But, um, you know, so like <laughs> if somebody comes in, you know, with, with a flyer that's advertising, you know, that they're, you know, running, a, um, you know, they're, they're doing something to raise money for, you know, a local cheerleading group or a local baseball team or the church or something along those lines, you know, we're, always happy to help. Um, and I think that I think it's, it's people's approach too. I remember being in the, in the kitchen and like when someone would, would some, with someone, we would get asked every day, mm-hmm. every day, multiple times a day, someone would come in asking for something. And it was like their approach, their approach yes. very much dictated whether we wanted to do it or not. If it was like part of, if, it, if it was like, they were like, Oh, we love your pizza. And it doesn't like, it's not like they had to compliment us yeah. for us to do it. But if it, they showed that they, they were a part of our community just yeah. as much as we were a part of theirs. We were exactly. much more likely to give them a gift certificate or donate pizzas or something like that versus someone who was like expecting not even part of the community, but they just were on a search to mm-hmm. solicit as many possible places yeah. as they could. Yep. And you could tell they knew absolutely nothing about us yeah. Oh, yeah. about the community. I'm, they were just there to get money or pizzas. And it was like, you know what? I don't feel like you're genuine. Yeah. I, and I don't really yeah. know if I want to donate to this cause. Yeah. And, and, you know, it's funny you say that because I, I actually had an interaction with, with a lady, um, last week who I just got this vibe. Like there was no way. Cause like I was, I was offering her, you know, a gift certificate. I was offering her some, you know, for pre- free pizza. It was for some, you know, for some endeavor that I really had no idea. It was just like a church yeah. and some like community that's not even connected to Levittown. She says she's a customer. I don't really recognize her. That's neither here nor there. But when I was like, I can, this is how I can help you. She's like, no, I want cash. And I was just like, <laughs> I was like, I want cash too. Like, no, sorry. <laughs> like, that's not going to happen. Like, no, like, I, you know, like, but like, we don't, fortunately we don't get that many people that are, you know, 
that do go about yeah. it that way. But like a hundred percent, you're accurate. You know, if somebody comes in and they're, you know, they're appreciative of it and they're, they're genuine and they're actually trying to do something that's going to benefit society and, and themselves, we're there to help. Um, and I think that's important. Um, and you I, know what? We, I don't think we ever gave cash. You know, we always gave, it's gotta be, it's gotta be something related to us. Like this is what we yeah. do. So this is how yeah. we can help you. You can, we can give you gift cards and like go resell them, you know, but yeah. that gift card we gave you as part of our business plan. Like we get, have the gift cards and they, they can re, be redeemed to us. So we, we'll give you a 20 or a 50 or a hundred dollar gift card. If you want to go sell it, go sell it and get the cash that way. But yeah. this is what we and, can do for you. And we, we do a lot of, uh, direct fundraising for a lot, a lot of different um, initiatives in the area. Um, whether it's you know, like uh, we've uh, done fundraising for the cheerleading squad at uh, the local school so that they can get to nationals. Uh, we've done cheer, uh, we've done fundraisers so that we can help uh, the baseball team to get to their nationals. Yeah. Um, so we will do direct fundraising where uh, we we team up with you know somebody local in the community. Uh, we put together a flyer. We pick out a date and we. 10% of the entire day sales is donated directly back to them in the form of a check. Uh, we, we've done that a lot of times over the years, um, and we've raised, you know, I don't even know, in, in thousands and thousands of dollars for community um, endeavors just to help them out because for us it's important. Um, and it, that's a big way to get into the area. Well, that's uh, one a of generous, the, I mean, uh, donating 10% of the sales that you guys generate for that, that's pretty much everything you'll make. So you're pretty much just breaking even. I mean, yeah, you're hoping on the fact that you can gain new customers and it's like a good thing for the community that you're doing, but you're giving all your profits away. It is. And, you know, it's, it's one of those things um, I've always been brought up with that, um, you know, that give back, you know, altruistic type, be, you know, like. You know, you're here for a reason, and that you know, my your reason is to help people. You know, like yeah. my reason. Not, not everybody has a, has a thought that way, but me, I see myself as I have a platform, um, and if somebody, you know, if I can help somebody with my platform, then I'm not using my platform accurately. I'm using it selfishly, um, yeah. and that's not really how how I was raised. Uh, so, you know, for the day, if I, you know. If it hurts me for the day, it helps somebody else in the in the end. And if you help somebody else, then it doesn't really hurt you. Correct. Yeah, you're right about that. Let me ask you a couple questions before we wrap it up here. What What do you love about the business? Like, what's the one like your favorite thing about the business? Um. So, the people. Um, I love people. Uh, I worked in the social services industry. Uh, that I have a degree, a background in that. Um, I love interacting with people. Some of them drive me crazy. Some of them are unruly <laughs> and unrealistic. And um, but for the most part, thankfully, uh, our customer base is very, very appreciative. They um, they understand how hard we work and what we do for the community. Um, they see that and they appreciate that. And they and they are and they they actually you know they help prop us up. Um, you know we we're very fortunate to have um, a lot of people. You know. Uh, give us positive reviews. Um, we have a couple bad ones, but we have a lot of positive reviews. We have a lot of people who support us in the local uh, Facebook. Group. I mean, every every business gets bad reviews. Yeah. It's, it's inevitable. As you grow, you're always you're never going to please every single person. Yeah, and that's 100. percent That's part of life. You don't please everybody when you're in in your personal life. You know, when in in relationships and life and in in, in business, uh, that's just yeah. how life is. 
Um, but you know, we fortunately, the, um, you know, like the, uh, the, the moms groups, which I don't know how prevalent they are in other areas, but they're very prevalent around here on Facebook, and um, they're very supportive of us. They're always giving us, uh, you know, kind words, on um, you know, shout outs and stuff. So that's that's a big part. Um, and I think uh, being that. I was born and raised and now operate a business in Levittown. A lot of people, uh, they kind of gravitate towards that. Um, and they, when they hear, you know, like when I'm trying to get an account with one of the schools in the area and they hear, you know, I went to um, every one of the schools in the area. You know, I went to uh, elementary school, middle school and high school, you know, at one, you know, in the school in, in the district. They all are like, oh, that's amazing. That's so cool. And then they, you know, they want to work with me. Um, and it's, it's cool to see that people appreciate that I'm, I'm part of the community and I've been a part of the community and, um, and that I want to try and prop up the community like they're trying to prop me up. Um, yeah, you know, like, that's great. I always try and run the business off of, um, and I, I think people should run their business based off of the fact that you can only be as strong as the community you operate in. Um, and you're kind of, um, I don't want to say it's your responsibility, but it might be sort of your responsibility to have a positive impact on the community that you're serving um, on a daily basis. Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, because uh, business is a give and take thing. You know, you can't just take, um, you know, I have to give back. You have to give back because after a while, people kind of just get sick and tired of just a, a take, take, take. You know, if you just take, then you don't have anything to take from anybody anymore. Right. What's left. Um, yeah. That's like that. You'll be. That's how you end up building a bad reputation and just being a taker, not a, not giving back at all. Exactly, um, and that's one of the things that my mom um, has always instilled in me. That you know, whatever we have, you know, may not be the most, but it's not the least, and we can always help somebody else, um, however we can. And that's how I try and go about day my day to day. Um, so the people. Again, I, I, I digressed, and I kind of. Uh, <laughs> danced around the question, but, uh, yeah, the people are, are my favorite part of the, uh, the industry. Um, you know, I love it. And now, now on the flip side of that, if you could change something about your business, like what would you looking back since you've run it for five years now, what's one thing that you wish you could, if you had to do it all over again, you could be like, you know what, I would change this one thing. Um, you know, it's hard to, it's hard to say that because I firmly believe that everything that happened in the past, good and bad kind of takes you to where you are in your current position and you can, True. you can take, um, based off your mindset, you can take a lot of good from something negative. Um, and I, and I, so I don't want to say I really had, maybe my partners, maybe different approach. <laughs> That's a good one. Let me give you an example. So I'm going to give you an example in my case scenario. Mm. So we were a pretty busy pizza shop, right? In, uh, we opened a second location and if I could change one thing, I would go back to that second location, and I would not duplicate exactly what we did in that first one. I would scale back the menu 50% and start really, really small, doing a, a few things perfectly, and then adding over time. Because in my experience, I found that duplicating everything right off the bat in a new location kind of set us back because we didn't have the people who were seasoned enough to really yeah. replicate the first business Absolutely. and it hurt us in the end i would have ra- and it's hard to take things away once you once start with them. it's started, much easier yeah. to add something later than mm-hmm. it is to take something away so that's something i wish i would have done i feel like we would have been a lot more successful if we did it that way that's just an example for mine yeah yeah 
Um, so I think, I guess in the beginning, I wish I was, and this might sound, I don't know, I guess, um, naive or I don't know, whatever, but in the beginning, I wish I had more of a full understanding of the, um, portion control and like the, the full, like, um, you know, breaking down of how much every product costs and like fully keeping an eye on the minute detail of how much money was being spent on product and stuff, stuff along those lines. Cause I think that's a good, that's a good thing. So you wish you were a little bit more aware of yeah. Cause in the how things cost and like the percentages of food costs and things like that. Exactly. Yeah. Um, you know, what needed to be brought in when it needed to be brought in. Um, in the beginning there was a lot of overstock and understock of certain things. Um, so, you know, obviously that means we are either throwing away money cause we're overstocked or we're losing out on money cause we're understocked and we can't serve something. Um, right. so I think, I think that would have been probably something that I wish I would have had more of an understanding about. And I, I think, uh, um, probably would have made, um, the, the takeoff period of the business a little bit more, a little, a little less turbulent, I should say. Yeah, it's hard. you got to know your numbers, right? Even though yeah. we talked about earlier in the podcast, like it's hard to like sit there and analyze. There's certain numbers you need to analyze. Food costs, you don't need to necessarily analyze like how many new customers you have, uh, you know, what percentage of online orders you're doing like that. That's important, but yeah. it's not as important as like, all right, you really need to know your food costs because if you don't know your food costs and your percentages, you're going to have a hard time making a profit because Absolutely. you're just buying stuff. And if you're just not priced properly or you're not portioning it properly, you're going to look back at the end of the month and be like, damn, we did a hundred thousand dollars in sales and I got no money. Yeah. Where did it all go? Yeah. yeah. And you know, I actually, so now you've opened up a can of worms. So the other thing I guess I probably would have changed when we, when we first opened, we were kind of under the mindset that like, we need to get as many people into this store as possible and kind of take away from the other people. Cause there are, you know, there are four other pizzerias that are very close to us that people have already had, a relationship with that they already have an idea what they're going to get at the end of the day. Um, and we had to try and figure out a way to plot those guys, you know, we were kind of bird dogging yeah. all of them. Um, so we kind of undershot our menu, which kind of also didn't help the overbuying and underbuying part portion of it. So when we came out, our menu items were so underpriced and it was, it was like mind mind numbing that we even thought of it doing it that way. And what's, what kind of sucked is that, like, you can only, uh, I'm sorry, I don't know if I can say that. But, uh, no, yeah, you're fine. Uh, but what kind of was, um, what, kind of, what kind of held things back was when we started to look at, like, all right, now we got to increase our prices, but we can only increase a certain percentage. So even though we increased, we were still so far behind market value because we were so low off the beginning. So it was yeah. kind of like one of those things where it's like, well, if we go from our pie being X and now we jump to Z, they're going to notice and they're going to be unhappy. So we had to like still – we're still trying to market correct that because like like I said, when we first opened, we were just like – just put this – you know, like whatever. We, you know, we just want to get people in the store and we were hoping that we would build volume and we would hope – you know, like things that you know weren't possibly – maybe not realistic in the beginning. Um, yeah. So I think that was That's something that maybe – uh, you know, like that's something that when you open up a business, you know, you obviously want to go and see what the, the competitors in the area are charging. Um, but don't undershoot your product. You know, if, you, if you're confident in your product, then put what you know that it's worth. 
Don't, yeah. don't you're almost it. you're almost better off like being the same price or a little higher, and then to flood them, just give everybody a free pizza to try you yeah. out. You know, yeah. because if they decide that it's good enough, then they'll pay, pay the price. And like you said, it's hard. If you if you're like, all right, we're gonna start. They're fifteen dollars for a large pizza. We're gonna be thirteen. Yeah. Great. You got everybody who likes the cheap pizza, but like you said, you can't just a month later be like, all right, now we're 15. They're going to be like, what the hell? Yeah. You guys get dupe what, me. What kinda. is going on here? What's this being yeah. the switch type thing going? You know, like, yeah, exactly. So that's like, that's a really, really good point you made there. And that's a good observation yeah, for anybody so, who's like looking to open a second store or their first one who's listening to this podcast. Yeah. Um, um, so I, I, my, I've always had aspirations of opening up a second store. Um, that was always, always a dream. Um, and now that I'm, in immersed in it and I'm understanding, um, I've realized that until I can, I, like, like you said, like you opened up your second location and you, um, you had this menu that was working perfectly in the first location. So you brought it over to the second spot and it didn't work as much. And you knew why, because again, like the people, it's hard to find yeah. somebody who can duplicate what you're doing at the level that you want it to be done. And if they're not experienced and you can't get the experience in there, then it's your product isn't, is going to fail just based off the, the fact that it can't be um, put together properly. So, yeah. um, I mean, people, if you're a seasoned restaurant, people will give you a second and third shot, but if you're new, yes, it's much harder to get somebody to try you a second time. If their first experience was well, not great. Yes. And you know, it's funny cause I was just yesterday, I was having a conversation with one of my customers, a very good customer. I don't, I don't have you know conversations like this with, with I have I have conversations with all my customers. I don't want to say, but like certain customers, you have more of a relationship, so you open up a little bit more about things that happen. Yeah. You know, then they become part of the the, the friendship. You know, that that, yeah. that is customers. Um, they always say a customer will become a friend quicker than a, a, a friend will become a customer. Um, <laughs> That's true. Uh, so you know, uh, it's weird how it works like that. But um, you know, I was just telling them, you know, like you look at people and they'll go back to McDonald's a hundred times, even if, you know, 99 times they forgot something or made their food wrong or whatever it is. And like, that's just the nature of it. But if I forget a soda or I forget to put cheese on their, you know, their chicken parm, they're going to you know be upset and they might not ever come back. And I don't get that second chance. Um, and that's exactly right. what you said. You know, like if you're sneezing, yeah, it's hard. No, no, because you're right. You're right. I'm just piggyback. I just wanted to piggyback off what you said. I kind of cut you off. Yeah, I, it is interesting how people's mentality is for brands like that versus like the local mom and pop shop. How, yeah. how they will give a McDonald's or a Burger King or a Wendy's. Yeah, or even multiple, if it's multiple you know, chances or anything. Pizza Hut, Domino's, Papa yeah. John's, any even even in our industry, there's just um, when you're. I guess it comes along with that whole. You know, it's the reputation. Um, the reputation is always like, you know, well, this time, you know, it's almost like the reputation of a baseball player who, you know, hit 40 home runs and eventually you think, oh, you know, they're going to hit 40 home runs again, but maybe they don't, maybe they right. do. Um, you know, and that's similar to how it is anywhere, but I guess it's just more like um, they feel like, oh, maybe it's, um, you know, it's a new kid behind the grill or it's, you know, they have some 14 year old just working the grill and they don't really care or know. And they just like to give them a pass. Whereas us. They're like, well, you know, you're supposed to be uh, the foremost uh, person in the pizza industry. You know, like there are no, you're, <laughs> you're, you're right. a robot almost. There are no mistakes if you're, you know, because they look at you as if you own the business, then you are um, this like person that you're just flawless, that like you're not going to have a bad day or that your, your business isn't going to have, a, you know, a slip up or anything. They just look at you as like, well, if you got into this business, then you shouldn't, you should be a professional and professionals don't make mistakes. But that's not reality. 
No, not at all. We make a, I make we make a lot of mistakes. Yeah, professionals. That's how you get to become a professional. You make a lot of mistakes and you learn from those, and then you get to be better as the time goes on. Um, Garrett, this was a great conversation. I I appreciate you uh, joining me on the podcast. If someone wanted to reach out to you, say hello or have a question after listening to this, where can they go? Uh, they can order a pizza at Napskin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely do that. <laughs> you can call it. You can talk to me directly. Five nights Napskin. Um, <laughs> uh, no, so uh, you can follow us on Instagram. Um, unfortunately, uh, we are not as as present on Instagram and Facebook as we would like. Um, uh, What's the Instagram handle? Instagram is uh, at Vincenzo's Pizza of Levittown. Um, we post once in a while some some stuff sporadic, more um, kind of just community stuff that's going on, more more opposed to just like pizzas that we're making and all that other stuff. I actually did post yesterday for the first time in months uh, a couple pizzas that I made. They might the story might have ran out. I don't even know. I think it's like a twenty four hour window. Yeah, um, that's all right. So but yeah, but I mean, you start through, uh, Instagram and, and uh, Facebook, um, those are best ways you can reach out. Uh, and if you want to check out your website, which we talked about earlier, it's vincenzosoflevittown.com is yes. the website. Um, and you can see what we were kind of referring to earlier. Garrett, thanks, man. It was yeah. great. Great talking to you. Yeah. Appreciate you joining me on the podcast. Don't go anywhere yet, but I had a great time. I hope you did as well. Yeah, Bruce, thank you so much for having me. I appreciate your patience. Um, I know there's a couple of hiccups uh, getting this set up. Uh, but I appreciate the uh, I appreciate the time, and uh, you know I would love to come back and talk to you more. Um, you know about Absolutely. my business or just the pizza industry in general. Um, Let's I mean, make it happen. Absolutely, yeah, I would I, love I, to have I'm, you back I'm on the podcast. Obsessed. So you know, whatever, I'd love to have another conversation with you. Thank you, Garrett. Thank you. Bye. Thanks, Garrett, for joining me on the podcast. Thank you for hanging out with me here today. I hope you enjoyed this episode. I haven't asked this for a long time, but if you would, I would appreciate a five-star review on iTunes or Spotify, whichever one you're listening to this. Very much appreciated on my end. Go hit me up on Instagram. We've been doing some unique content over on Instagram. A lot of good feedback over about that over at smartpizzamarketing.com on Instagram. No, just smartpizzamarketing on Instagram. Hold the .com. Use the .com if you want to go to our website and see all the past podcast episodes. I mean, this is episode number 477. So we have 476 other episodes for you to look at. And I actually looked at the analytics. We may have numbered them wrong because there's actually 504 episodes that we've done, not including all the live shows. So we've done so many episodes. Whatever topic you're looking for, we have available over at the website, smartpizzamarketing.com. Thank you guys and girls. Appreciate you. See you next time.